Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What is going on? It is the Ethos Clippers podcast coming at you on a Sunday evening as the Los Angeles Clippers have won two games in a row. Yes, you heard me correctly. The Clippers are on a winning streak. After the doom and gloom podcast with Shane Young a couple of days ago, we said that the next four games were going to be huge, and the Clippers have taken care of business thus far, winning two in a row against the two Texas teams. And here to break things down with myself at BD Marcus is the man, the myth, the legend, at Matt Mattawarren on Twitter. He's Matt Mattawarren. What's up, dude? Brandon Marcus, Sports Ethos Clipper Nation. How the heck are you? It's two in a row. We're back to the future. The Texas two-step. It's a twofer. Yes, so far so good. And I said with this four-game stretch, you were playing at San Antonio, at Dallas, at the Lakers on Tuesday, and then versus the Spurs on Thursday before going out on a six-game road trip that you need to go at least three and one. Um to really make some noise and two and two would basically be, you know, floating around in the uh, shallow end and trying to get to the deep end, but you can't quite get there. And so you need a little bit of a push and you need some help. But in this case, the Clippers have won two in a row and a win against the Lakers would be absolutely massive on Tuesday. Let's chat about the couple of games that we saw Friday and Sunday and no surprise. The Clippers get a healthy Kawhi Leonard and a healthy Paul George. And all of a sudden, the Clippers start winning games. Curious what your biggest takeaway is from the two games, because there are a couple different topics I want to discuss, but I'm just curious what your biggest takeaway is from the two wins. I'd say a healthier Paul George and getting healthier is what, is what I'm, is what I'm starting to see. I think the hamstring is starting to feel better. He's not exactly um, getting around people. The, the way that you're sort of used to Paul George getting, but it's getting there and he's getting confidence back. He went to the the line eight times tonight, which, which I loved uh, zero, unfortunately uh, against, against the Spurs, but, but he's attacking. And I think Paul George getting healthier to match what I, I think we can all agree. Kawhi is Kawhi's back. He's there. It's, it's happened. So, so Paul George getting healthier uh, is really standing out to me, and I think it's just you know hamstrings and all. It's a slow process, but he's he's ramping it up, and I think that stood out to me the most. And then, and then the rotation, which today against the Mavericks, uh, we talk about rotations all the time, and mm-hmm. it was it was a nine man a nine man rotation, I believe, today, and. That's sort of it's it's getting whittled down a bit. John Wall's absent. Perhaps he'll continue to be absent, uh, even even if he gets healthy. So that's that's something to keep an eye on as well. So you hit on basically everything that I had written down. Let's go one at a time. Let's first start with Kawhi, and then we'll hit PG, and then we'll talk about the rotations. So Kawhi, 
And I've said this before um, when you and I were talking about him and you wisely trade from in fantasy basketball and you're now reaping the rewards. And the biggest thing with Kawhi is his defense that goes along with the very efficient field goal percentage and the points, rebounds and assists that he gives you. And I said to you that once we see the steals and blocks, we'll know Kawhi is officially back. Well, in his last seven games, he has at least one steal in every game. He's got two or more steals in four of those last seven games. And you want to look at how his numbers have lined up in the last seven. He scored 24 or more in all of them. He's gone going all the way back to seven games ago, 30 points, nine rebounds, three assists and a steal, 36 points, four rebounds, seven assists, two steals, 27, four and one with a steal, 36 and four with two steals, 24, eight and four with one steal. 33, 9, and 4 with four steals, and 29, 7, and 4 with two steals. So Kawhi Leonard has hit the 30 point mark four different times and has been over 24 points in all seven. So he's officially back. And really, Matt, it's no surprise that when you have Kawhi Leonard playing at that all NBA type level, you're going to win basketball games. And the Clippers, obviously, in the last seven ball games, have picked up three wins in their last seven um, and let's see one two three four five six seven that four wins in their last seven ball games and it's been a win against Dallas Houston San Antonio and then Dallas and your losses against Denver Philly and Utah so you get Kawhi back all of a sudden you start winning some ball games I think that's the biggest thing to see with him is that his defense is back and his offense he just looks like a confident guy out there which is really important Confidence and efficiency. You look at you look at his game tonight. Ten of eighteen from the field. Seven of seven. We, we'd be remiss to say that the clip if we didn't mention the Clippers were also thirty of thirty-one. Yes. From the line. And the Mavs today. missed like eleven free throws, I think, too. Well, my my buddy Adam, who I've mentioned a few times here, does have a ball. Don't lie. Tattoo on his knee. Taps it every time. A Clippers opponent misses, and I'm sure his knee is a little sore <laughs> after after this afternoon's game. But in, and then even if you look at back, um, just speaking of Kawhi, still 13 of 18 against the Spurs the other night, six of six from the line. Mm-hmm. And so it's that efficiency, and it's taking care of the ball. Nine uh, nine turnovers. Looking back to the San Antonio game, and and 10 tonight, where where repeat where we were we were getting close to 20 turnovers i think now that Kawhi is healthy with paul george coming back i I always talk about this sense of gravity with Kawhi and and just the calmness that 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 comes with that gravity and every every everything does fall into place and it's not surprising and i'm not breaking any new ground saying that but i really think it, it it shows in these last two games yeah and so with Kawhi, um you mentioned that the Clippers have taken care of the basketball and Kawhi himself, zero turnovers in 39 minutes. And that is a monster number, by the way, that Kawhi played 39 minutes. So the restrictions are off. He clearly is now a guy that is back to his pre-ACL levels. And the Clippers certainly now have a little bit of optimism with a healthy Kawhi Leonard and a healthy Paul George. And you have those two together on the floor you really have a chance to beat anybody. And with Kawhi, we've now seen bursts where he's not afraid to leave his feet and try and possibly dunk. He is not afraid to go into traffic. It just seems like any sort of hesitancy that he had before, 
he doesn't have now. And then you can even look at the free throw line. Like you mentioned, the Clippers shot the free throw well. Well, if you just look at just Kawhi Leonard, if you remember early on when he came back, he was rusty. He was missing free throws, and that's not something he does. He had some really poor games from the free throw line, and he has cleaned that up, 7 of 7 from the line today. So most importantly, Kawhi is back, and then leading to the number two topic, PG is back, and he has done a really good job this season coming back from injury and being very similar to the guy that he was before injury. That's one thing that we've seen this season is anytime Kawhi has gotten hurt, he's come back and looked very similar to the guy before he got hurt. Or I think it's a cool, I'm not sure if it's a Kawhi or PG. Either way, it's PG. Um, now, what I'm interested to talk about with PG, Matt, is his new role. And that is the role of point guard. Um, not just PG as his initials, but PG for point guard. Because we saw the whole Terrence Mann experiment of him being the ball handler. But since the last couple of games, we've seen PG with the ball in his hands a lot more. And you mentioned those turnovers. Five of the ten came from PG. Two of them were stupid traveling violations, trying to attack the hoop and getting caught in traffic where he needs to be much better um, decision-making-wise there. But how do you like that role? Because I am interested in how it works. Because we've talked about this team and whether they need the point guard, whether they don't. You look at guys who are very smart dudes, guys like Justin Wilson, for example, LA Clippers film, who have said the Clippers don't need a point guard. Shane Young said the Clippers don't need a point guard. They have Kawhi and PG, the balls in their hands. Then there are other people saying, you know what, maybe Mike Conley would be a good fit. Maybe you'd have a regular point guard. This unit seems to work with the ball in PG's hands. The only thing is that it seems to be a little bit, it seems to rub off on his offense a little bit. He's a little bit less hesitant, more involved in trying to get everybody else involved. Um, how do you like the role? Because I think I like it so far, and I'm willing to see how it works. I like it. I I did hate those traveling turnovers. They yeah. I was pulling out my <laughs> I was pulling out my hair when when that when that was going on. Um, yeah, as as the facilitator, you know, um, he was one one might say he was P, he was one short of PG thirteen against the Spurs. He had twelve assists. He was PG twelve, I suppose. There. Uh, the thing is with him being the point guard, and I love that, and that we don't need a guard. I suppose I'm looking at the other end of the floor where where Spencer Dinwiddie kind of carved carved the Clippers up tonight, when he was like the secondary ball handler, and at at times the pr- primary ball handler, when when Doncic was in foul trouble early on, and it seemed, I I I don't I don't know. It seemed like I I would have liked maybe defensively. Like like a Conley esque type player to be on him, on, on a Dinwiddie. So on the defensive end, to have that that sort of lineup in it, it didn't jive with me so much. But I I, I do like I do like Paul George facilitating. I, I I I as and it's hard for me to disagree with Justin and 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 just with with all these people who who have forgotten more about basketball than I'll ever know. But I I still think the Clippers may need a uh, an actual factual point guard. Uh, when it really boils down to it. Yeah, I think when you go down the stretch, there are times where you may want somebody to help out PG and Kawhi. And then even certainly in the lineups, for example, where Kawhi is off the floor, um, you may want another person to help Kawhi out and kind of be that facilitator and that score, especially if you're going to have PG be that point guard in the start of the second quarter when Kawhi is sitting then you're asking a lot of him to be that facilitator and also be that scorer. 
So you may want someone else on the floor to help him. And it seems like Norman Powell was possibly going to be that guy, but we're not really seeing him as that facilitator type uh, dude that we were expecting. I mean, he only had one assist today in 30 minutes. Um, finally got to see him do some run with Kawhi and PG. And we'll talk about that in a little bit, but uh, it just seems like they need that one more piece to kind of help their team come together, be that scoring guard perhaps to help out PG. Because if you really put the ball in his hands all the time, he's, he is prone to turnovers and that could hurt you a lot in a playoff series. He, I'm willing to let him kind of get adjusted to this new role and see how he does. I mean, 21, six and four today is a nice line. Um, the five turnovers, like I said, is not, but he was efficient. He played 34 minutes, which is the most important thing with him. Uh, so I, I'm willing to ride it out, but it certainly is an interesting role seeing your number two guy become more of a facilitator, which can be a negative in the likes of P when you look at PG, because how many times have we seen this year, Matt, where he hasn't shot the ball enough and he has not gotten involved enough. And we've talked about that one, a one B and there are times where he just doesn't seem like he is that one B and then he'll come out the next game and score 35 points. It's, it's odd because we've certainly seen the ebbs and flows with PG. And I think that's been the worst part this season with PG apart from the injuries is that he seems to be a little cons inconsistent, Matt, Matt, our Clippers right now are in the heat of it. They are in the middle of a playoff run. And right now, you and I are pretty optimistic. We think the Clippers have a chance to win it all. Are you putting money on the Clippers? I'm putting money on the Clippers, but I'm not. I'm, I'm hedging my bets, if that makes any sense. I do love the Clippers, but look, I, I can't just put all my eggs in one basket. No, you cannot do that. You can go and put money on a couple different teams if you want. You know where you can do that? You can do it over at my bookie. Whether you think... The Clippers can come and win it all despite being a really early favorite and now falling apart, but then possibly getting it back together. Or you think it's going to be Steph Curry and the Warriors or Giannis and the Bucks. Regardless of what you're betting on, cash in and cash out quick with my bookie using the promo code ethos, E-T-H-O-S, ethos, when you make your first deposit. You heard that right. My bookie will spot you extra cash with your deposit, minimum $45, but you can claim the bonus all the way up to two thousand dollars you ready to get betting matt i'm putting 45 dollars at a minimum in because they'll claim the bonus all the way up to two thousand dollars i'm investing right now i got a i got a lot of ideas of what's going to happen now that the now that we're halfway through this nba season turn game day can... into payday when you bet with my bookie yeah and having somebody that can sort of be a be a a steady hand and a calming presence. Of course, we know that we have a steady claw and a calming presence in Kawhi, but but somebody who can just, when we're in the half court and not running and, you know, everything sort of, because there'll be times where, let's say, team man sort of jets down the court, has to circle back, and then the Clippers regroup. And then to initiate that half court offense, it's kind of unfair to ask PG to do that every single time. Like, if that happens, when we have to run you know, certain sets in the half court. I don't know that he's well suited to do that all the time. And it's going to take away from his scoring, like you said, and it could lead to turnovers. So I, I, I am intrigued by the role, but I, I don't know that it's a recipe for success if that's going to be his like primary role. Yeah. And you wonder just how long this is going to stick. I mean, we've seen Ty Lue do that whole 10 game sample size 
and that takes us straight towards the rotation point that you brought up. And this really is the first time in a long time that we got to see Powell, Kawhi, and PG play large minutes together. And according to Justin Russo, coming into today, the lineup with Norman Powell plus no center was a plus 21 in 48 minutes. 48 minutes. That's it. That's the only amount of time that we've seen this lineup together. And obviously a lot of it has done, had to do with injuries. Um, I believe Andrew Greif tweeted today that the Powell, Kawhi, PG lineup today was a minus one, which isn't bad. I mean, they won by 14, so it's not great. And it's going to take some getting used to. But we saw something today, finally, where Norm Powell played a lot of minutes, especially in that second quarter and then the fourth quarter. And also, no Musa Diabate and no Moses Brown. The Clippers did not have that backup center. And you can do that in a game against the Dallas Mavericks. You cannot do that in a game against the Denver Nuggets. I mean, it just, the Clippers were lucky today. And part of that, I think, is kind of being put to the back burner, it kind of feels like today, where, hey, the Clippers look great. They were able to go to that small ball lineup. We saw the wing stop. Um, finally, that's what we've been asking for. The only thing is that the wing stop may hurt you against bigger teams, but I'm willing to see how it does against bigger teams because we haven't even seen how it does against bigger teams because Robert Covington has been sitting in the basement for the better part of half a season, it feels like. He finally takes the dust off himself today, and he played 21 minutes and had two steals, a block, five rebounds, and six assists, and he was all over the place and played some really good fourth-quarter minutes. So curious your thoughts on the lineup that the Clippers finally gave Rocco the minutes that were going to Moses and Diabate. I think that's something that needs to happen going forward and you need to see if it works. And you have a couple of weeks before the trade deadline, Matt. And so I feel like this is when you need to experiment it. You need to see if it works this next week or two and figure out what you need to acquire at the deadline, whether that be a ball handler that replaces Reggie Jackson, perhaps in the bench unit, or is it a backup big man or is it both? I think that's what you need to find out in this next week or two. Yeah, the, it was great to see Rocco in there. I, and you mentioned his block; it was excellent. I, I rewound it three times just because. Yeah. I, I just loved seeing him get up there and block. And I'm just, a, I'm a huge Rocco guy. I, I was, I was thinking about how to, because you're right. Like two wins in a row, the Texas two step were very excited. And I was thinking about how to ingest this game, especially in preparation for talking to you tonight. And when watching. When watching the game, uh, admittedly, I, I wasn't home, so I was streaming, and I actually got the Dallas feed. And they were behind, but they had their their spirit crew sort of pumping up the crowd. And this is this is when the game was kind of untenable in the fourth quarter. But it reminded me of being at the Philly game when uh, when when the Sixers went up. They, they they made their 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 run against the Clippers, and there was no way that the Clippers were coming back. But the the team there in the arena was was getting everybody hyped up, and you look at the monitor, and all the kids were cheering and going crazy just because there's there's all this hype and this noise and and good feelings. And I feel like these two games, and th those what little kids do. And I'm I'm no longer a little kid. These last two wins are the are are the hype machine, are the uh, are the good feelings that that in house. Um, that in-house teams and spirit spirit teams bring to the crowd, but I, I I'm not like I'm not a little kid and I'm not buying in and I'm not cheering because I need to see it for a, for an elongated time. So I'm 
I'm not I'm not going crazy over these these two wins. And that's how I'm ingest that that's why I'm taking taking this. Yeah. As far as the rotation is concerned, I it, it was interesting to see T Man only play 18 minutes and I and I think that's be that has to do with maybe Norm being hot. Mm-hmm. Um and, and and he has been for the last two games. He was you know, he was nearly perfect uh against the Spurs. And and I think that's gonna that's gonna pay dividends. But you mentioned the trade deadline coming up, and I, I am not removed from my position that the Clippers need need something by the trade deadline. Like I said, I'm not going to get too hyped about these two wins and think, okay, well now now everything's okay. Let's let's settle down, everyone. Maybe we don't need to trade. Some there still needs to be movement within this roster, I believe. Yeah, and we've said on this podcast in the last week or two, the trade needs to happen very soon so that the Clippers can kind of get these guys together and get some chemistry. And we're seeing right now what happens when the Clippers finally have guys healthy, that they can develop a little bit of chemistry and be on the floor together. And you mentioned Terrence Mann. He was a minus six today in his 18 minutes. And also part of the reason why he didn't play as much was because Marcus Morris was great. In 32 minutes, he was a plus 20. And he defended Luka Doncic really well. You look at Marcus and Kawhi, and those two guys caused trouble to to Luka. And the defense, we talked about Kawhi earlier with the offense, and we talked about the defensive stats, the steals and the blocks. That's how you know he's back. Well, putting two plus two together, that also means that defensively he is back to that type of level that he was at. I mean, there are times in that fourth quarter where he was on Luka. And that tells you that not only is he back offensively, which the numbers I said earlier show, but he's back defensively as well, that he's willing to take that number one guy. And he can not only take the number one guy on the defensive end, but he has enough on the offensive end to still carry your team. And we saw that today. So that's a great sign with Kawhi. And like I said with Marcus, I mean, he if he's going to produce the way he did, and the numbers weren't great, eight points, four rebounds, three assists, and you look, no steals, no blocks, he didn't do anything defensively, that's not true. He caused a lot of problems with his size to Luka. And T-Man's just a smaller guy. And like you said, you're going to play Paul George. You're going to play Kawhi Leonard. You're going to play Zoo, who only played 23 minutes today. So you got to figure out who's going to get the rest of those minutes between Marcus, T-Man, Batum, Rocco, Powell, and Reggie Jackson. And there's only so many minutes remaining. And Nico needs his 25 to 30 minutes when you want to win a ball game. And by the way, Nico led the team in a plus 23 today, which is no surprise. He is just sensational defensively. And whenever they're out there, they just look better. And Norm, like you said, played 30 minutes. And if he's going to shoot the way he has over the last couple of games, you're going to keep playing him. And team man doesn't bring as much as Norm does offensively. And the key is when you need defense, that's when you go ahead and you play team man over Norm. But in this case, he was providing enough offensively where you didn't need that defensive team man in a closer game where you might want that energy. That's when you play team man. But I just felt like Ty Lue did a good job in this game, figuring out which players he needed to play. And once again, it's nine men rotation. That's all it is. That's all we're going to see in the postseason. And you saw today kind of what that means and taking it even a step further. That means that John wall, Clearly out of this rotation. There's no reason for him to be in it. Uh, if you really think John Wall should play over Reggie Jackson, which I don't think so. I think I'd rather have Reggie out there in the playoffs than John Wall, frankly. Uh, I think I'd rather have an upgrade over both of them, considering how bad both of them have been. And I think that upgrade, by the way, could be Luke Kennard. So that if you wonder where is Luke Kennard's minute going to go, it could be for Reggie Jackson. 
so I think that's what you have. You have your nine guys that you're willing to play, and it's pretty obvious at this point that this is going to be the starting lineup going forward, and then you've got that Batum, Covington, Powell, and then whoever that fourth guy is, whether Kennard, Reddy Jackson, or John Wall, and that's your lineup in the, in the playoffs. Hey, you, you took the words right out of my mouth with uh, Kennard sort of taking that those Jackson minutes if if need be, and 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 yeah, I'm not even considering the wall minutes thing, no. unfortunately, at at the moment right now. No, I mean, no Musa Debate, no Moses Brown, no Amir Coffey. I mean, those guys are just not going to be a part of your team. And it, it really feels like it's going to be Luke that is going to compete with Reggie and John Wall for that last spot. And that's your team. Now the question is, do you make a trade and acquire someone that leaps all three of those guys? Perhaps. But I think if you're going to ride with this team, it's pretty obvious that Batum, Covington, and Powell will be your three men off the bench. And the way that this lineup works so well is that it makes sure that Terrence Mann's a part of your starting eight. I mean, you're, you're, th- you're five plus your three. I mean, that that's the one that you want to see. You want to see Mann in that group of eight. And this is a good way to make sure that happens. Even if he's only playing 18 minutes like he did today, it still means that he's playing minutes. Whereas before... We even know if he's going to play more than five minutes in a game. So I like the way this Clippers team looks now. But again, let's keep our foot on the brake for a second. Well, let's not go ahead and ride in the fast lane. The things are not all well yet with the Clippers. They are still committing dumb turnovers. Their defense was still pretty bad at certain points, especially in the second quarter where they get 34 points. And again, they played against teams that in Dallas, they I mean they've owned Dallas throughout the last several years in the postseason. And you're playing at San Antonio and then the Lakers in San Antonio. So I think the true test will be in the road trip. But the baby test and the real test that we want to see is this four-game stretch. And so far, so good. Yeah, absolutely. I yeah, we 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 should we should pump the brakes a little bit. We should not it's it's not a not a kumbaya. Wait a minute, everything's fixed. We've won two games against the Spurs, which, which which I I, I tweeted to you. Every win is good. That win was mandatory. Had to beat the Spurs. I feel the same way about the next the the next two games. Actually, the Lakers on Tuesday, and and the Spurs again on Thursday. Th- those are games. Those are must wins. We have to beat those two teams. And there's there's really no. There's really no other way of saying it. Like the, the 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 those wins have to happen. The Clippers want any chance of a avoiding the play-in, like we always talk about, and b getting some real momentum going into the All-Star break when when it, the schedule only gets tougher. So yeah, we said this at the very beginning of the season. We 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 want to win these games that uh, the, I hate to say it that we're supposed to win. Yeah, exactly. But if you're a team that's going to compete and be a top five seed, top six seed in the Western Conference and avoid that play in tournament, then you need to win these games. And it's we kind of feel like we're back to square one going to this four game stretch. Prove it to us, Clippers. Prove it to us by winning at least three of four in this stretch. And if you can go four and oh, maybe you've got a chance. And then we'll see how you do against good teams that you fared really poorly so far against this season. The Clippers just have not beaten those good teams. I went through the whole stretch with um, Shane in my last podcast saying how poorly the Clippers have looked at times. 
So against these bad, I mean, I mean, how good the Clippers have looked against bad teams and how bad the Clippers have looked against good teams. So we'll see. I mean, we will see. Hopefully we see the Clippers start to put it together. But I think today was a good sign that we saw Kawhi and PG get going. Norm was shot the ball well. Reggie had a couple of big threes at one point, back-to-back triples. Um, when the Clippers needed it the most. So overall, and a bank shot to boot. Yeah. Yeah. That was the two for one opportunity that he was able to do it. So uh, I think you'll, you'll take it, right? I mean, you'll, you'll take the two and oh, the two and oh, the first two. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I don't mean to be too downtrodden on it. Like there is optimism of course. And I'm, I'm very happy to get the two wins and I'm very optimistic that we can get a few more. You mentioned, um, you mentioned your podcast with Shane, which is one of the better ones of the entire season. I loved, thank you. I love, love, love that podcast. It was, I mean, you said that at the end of him, we've been talking for 50 minutes about the clips, and it, yeah, it didn't seem like it. I, I thought I had just turned it on. I was listening to it. It was, it was incredible. Pod, you guys mentioned um, how, how maybe the the national media was sort of sort of catching on, or at least sort of talking about how the Clippers. Um, the struggles of the Clippers and now stuff that we had been talking about maybe throughout the season was starting to get on them. I, I have a, I have a very, 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 very big bone to pick with one national media member though on his take on the Clippers. Mm. And that is, and that is one Kendrick Perkins. Oh, well that does he even count. I I know, I know, but it, uh, for some reason it, it really, it really stuck in my head and it, 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 it 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 upset me to no end. I I thought it I thought it was um, very insulting that he would suggest on on PTI on Friday. They asked him about the struggles of the Clippers, and he said that is because the players don't want to play. He's like you can't you can't win if you have and I'm I'm paraphrasing, but you have you can't win if you have players that don't want to play. And I find that just so fraudulent and so upsetting that I just had to bring I had to point it out to you and to all of our uh, ethos Clippers nation here that I know, I know that's not the case that these guys don't want to play. And that's why they're sitting out. That's ludicrous. And I, I can't believe it was said on national television. It's a stupid comment because you just have to look at Kawhi's last seven games and clearly the rest that has been provided to Kawhi and taking care of him and load managing him and not making him play these heavy amount of minutes out of the gate they've clearly worked now at this point. Now we'll see what happens going forward. But so far when a guy looks the way he does, all you can do is give credit to the medical department and what they have done so far. So it's a stupid take. He clearly wants to play. He wants to play back to backs, but they need him fresh. And so I'm not going to sit here and even take any of those words as anything more than just word vomit from a national media member that's trying to make waves and try and have a hot take. Cause frankly, it's just, it's just dumb. I mean, these guys want to play now. Are they injury prone? Yes. But because they're injury prone, you have to take care of them because if you ride them and you give them more chances to get hurt and you wear them down, then you end up with a Clippers team that's under 500 and doesn't have their stars. So I don't know what he's talking about. Exactly. It's nothing but word vomit, and I'm I'm sorry to even re- repeat it. There's a bad taste in my mouth. But to my 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 Clipper friends and you, and to everyone, all the sports ethos Clipper Nation, I just I had to get it off my chest because it was eating away at me. I, for some reason, l- listening 
or, or listening to, to to that take and uh, as horrible as it is really stuck with me this over the weekend so thank you for letting me get that out you're welcome my chest. you're welcome you're welcome <laughs> and is there anything else you want to hit because i feel like we've hit kind of everything that's happened the last couple of days um and i feel like we have some good i mean listen there's there's some optimism and the the fans are not upset at this current moment so you'll take that. Uh, and, you know, PG had 12 assists in one game, and he looks like a decent facilitator the next game. And Zoo had 12 and 16 against the Spurs. It just feels like things are kind of looking the way you want them to. But, again, we wanted to see them win these first couple of games, and they did. Now we'll see what happens against the Lakers, and we'll see what happens the game after that against the Spurs. And then we'll see what happens on the road trip. But so far, so good. Can I throw – a couple of names at you. Yes. With the trade deadline coming up, and you just you can give me a, a quickly a yes or a no if you think it's a needle mover, a non-needle mover, whatever the case may be. Of course, the first one is Conley, and and, and, we, and we don't need to go deep into it. If you think it can happen, if you don't, just if you think it's something that is a possibility or or may help yes. our clips here. Yes. Conley is a yes. Yes. It also depends How, on what you give up, but yes. Right, and we're not going to go that deep into it when we get closer right. to February 9th. We can talk about all that, or, or if it happens beforehand. Okay, now we're going to go for another guard, TJ McConnell. Yes, absolutely. Okay. We got two more here. Uh, I don't know which one you're going to laugh at more, but I'm going to... Uh, okay, we'll go Mo Bamba. Hmm. Interesting one. One that hasn't been floated out much. Um, so that's that's a good one, because Orlando has a log jam there with Bull Bull, Mo Bamba. Um, and Wendell Carter. So they are certainly willing to get rid of one of those guys. Um, I would take him as a backup big because he can spread the floor and he may not cost as much. So yes, I would entertain that one. Okay, good. So you're, you're on the on board with that too. I, yeah. I, I am as well. I thought maybe it'd be a little more controversial, but good. Now I, I'm going to trust myself a little more in my thoughts. And the last one is good old Mason Plumley. Ah, <sighs> As someone that owns him in fantasy basketball, I've actually been following him a decent amount um, these last couple of weeks, and he's been outstanding on the glass. And offensively, he's providing a lot and great field goal percentage. He's shooting left-handed free throws now um, because he was so bad right-handed that he's now shooting left-handed, and his free throw percentage is going up. He's getting blocks. He's getting steals. Um, I just don't think he fits what what the second unit would want. Um, so I'll say no to Plumley, but if it's a worst case scenario, nobody else, I mean, there's no other deal that you can make, then I think you could take him if it is a low cost, but if it's going to cost anything that's really worthy of your rotation, I'd rather just stick with what we have. Yeah, I, I, I hear you on that. I, for some reason in my bones, like Plumley was the guy that I I don't know why I, f- I foresaw that as the most likely and mm-hmm. and my least desirable of of any sort of scenario. But um, Conley McConnell, Bamba, something else, is, uh, somebody in that ilk. Even though Conley is a step above, yeah, I think uh, I think can be can be beneficial. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Uh, I think the Clippers can certainly use the help in the big man department, and whether that means that it is a guy like a Bamba or like a Plumlee. It just depends what type of offense you want to run because Plumlee's not going to be a guy that's going to spread the floor, whereas Bamba could. 
more so. So it really just depends for the Clippers what they want to do um, that way and how it will end up affecting their offense, affecting their defense, and going forward, what looks the best with what players. That That's the key, is what Ty Lue wants to do. I mean, if you acquire a Plumlee, that means that Rocco is probably going to be your backup stretch five. Um, but if you acquire Bamba, perhaps, maybe, that's not the case. So Yeah, uh, it, 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 it's a lot to think about. And, yeah. you know, like we said, that we hope if, if a move is made, maybe sooner than later, but... There's still time. I, I, I'm actually I'm so excited for trade deadline day is one of my one of my favorite holidays of the year. Um, I'll be I'll be following um, yeah, the here. sports ethos coverage. Uh, I'll be fo- laser focused in. I, I I may even not even go to work that day. To be honest with you, they do a phenomenal job, and it's worth mentioning the sports ethos group. They do that live show basically starting at like 9 a.m. all the way through the trade deadline, post deadline. Brew is on there with Dan basically the entire time. They're reacting instantly to any trades, how it's affecting fantasy-wise. And it's just a great deadline show in general, where the main networks like ESPN will just basically cover the same thing time and time again. Um, This show hits on everything, even the smaller deals. So highly recommend it for sure. Um, So a good shout to our people over at Sports Ethos. Of course, if you want to follow our podcast at Ethos Clippers on Twitter, he's at Matt Mattawarren on Twitter. I am at BD Marcus. If you can rate and review the podcast, it always helps as well. And if you got any questions, just hit us up. We're always happy to answer them. So that does it here for this one. The Clippers have won two in a row. Next up, a game against the Lakers. That one will be on Tuesday, and that will be at 7 p.m. on TNT. So we'll see if we're able to to get a pod out between that Tuesday, Thursday. If not, then we'll be back um, after those two games and try and break down what has happened on this four-game little grouping that we want to evaluate this Clippers team before they go out on the road. So any final words, Matt? Uh, no, I just uh, – thanks again for having me on. I Every time I'm here speaking clips with you, talking just life in general i love it it's one of my favorite things to do so brandon i thank you sports ethos clippers nation i thank you and i look forward to chatting again yes sir so he's matt i'm brandon until next time go clips go clips listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks that's what our podcast people are the worst brings you with each episode i'm rachel and i'm rebecca we're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say didn't see that coming and we hate the people responsible for them listen to people are the worst now on apple spotify or wherever you get your podcasts